in 2010, I, I took a Scrum Master course and started using uh, Agile methodology uh, when applicable, which were sometimes very uh, little. Um, and sometimes uh, I had a success of, uh, of trying out uh, things that worked really well. So it, it moved me more and more towards Agile. And then in 2017, I uh, saw the Scaled Agile framework. I heard a little bit about it, didn't know much about it. Um, I took the first, I think it was leading safe and uh, quick, really loved that. Uh, quickly uh, turns toward the uh, program consultant. Hi, and welcome to the Scrum Master Careers podcast. My name is Simon and I'm a freelance Scrum Master on a mission. I want to help you have the best career possible. Is your goal to become a Scrum Master, get better as a Scrum Master or stop being a Scrum Master and look for a new challenge? Then you have come to the right place. In my podcast, successful Scrum Masters share their stories. Some have started right out of college, others as experienced software developers and others came from completely different fields. Want to know how they did it? Then keep on listening. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Scrum Master Careers podcast. Today we have Casper from Denmark with us. He's 50 years old, has been working as a contractor in the agile and project management space for 15 years. He has held at least 10 different roles in that area and worked for 11 different companies. And he authored his own book called Papao Management Models that we'll talk about later in the podcast. Welcome to the show, Casper. Thank you very much, Simon. So, Casper, before we jump into your career and all of that, let me ask you, how did you get started with the topic of Agile? It started uh, in 2007 um, when I finished education in organizational development and thought that I should get out there and change the world, <laughs> the entire world. All at once. Um, and yes, and I would do that. Uh, so I created my own company, one man company and started changing the world very slowly. Nothing really happened. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I found out that I could become a contractor and uh, the easiest way to get income in my company was to be a project manager, which state is a lot about change management. Um, and in 2010, I, I took a Scrum Master course and started using uh, Agile methodology uh, when applicable, which were sometimes very uh, little. Um, and sometimes uh, I had a success of, uh, of trying out uh, things that worked really well. So it, it moved me more and more towards Agile. And then in 2017, I uh, saw the Scaled Agile framework. I heard a little bit about it, didn't know much about it. Um, I took the first, I think it was leading safe and uh, quick, really loved that. Uh, quickly uh, turns toward the uh, program consultant. All right. As I've been teaching before and people said, you know, you should teach this and or help teach this. And, and so I did. And that was really where I, I became full-time agile consultant. All right. That's a very interesting path. So um, if I get this straight, you were doing something else before 2007, then you took a course on educational organizational development. Um, and then you basically kind of <laughs> stumbled into the field of agile. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. You okay. So, and, yeah. and you basically started as a freelance or a contractor straight off the bat. 
Yeah, well, I, I, as you said, I, I did held um, uh, positions in, in, in other companies before that, back from late 90s. Uh, not not important to mention here because that was more in technical IT fields. Okay, well, kind of related because some people um, have worked as developer before and then transitioned to becoming a Scrum Master, Agile Coach, and then also a trainer. Um, so maybe that is relevant, but... Um, Speaking of being a Scrum Master, I obviously did some of my homework and looked at your LinkedIn profile, and I didn't see the role of Scrum Master listed there. Have you worked as a traditional Scrum Master before? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I haven't had the title, and I haven't. I've worked with project teams doing the work of a Scrum Master without calling it a Scrum Master or without calling it a Scrum team. And I guess that was also more like business teams uh, or business people. So it, it wasn't about Scrum uh, or IT development, software development. Uh, so no, I would not say that I have been a Scrum master ever. Okay, just informally, basically, you know what what the job entails, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Let me quickly go through all the roles that you've held, just to give the audience an impression of what you've done so far. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I <laughs> so. Uh, the most evil one at the beginning, <laughs> BPMS project manager, oh, yeah. infrastructure project manager, data center service manager and transformation project manager, epic owner, asset manager. But there, I'm not sure if you did some project management work there or if you were kind of actively doing asset management. Started as as, as a project uh, and then and then I asset uh, management afterwards. So that's why I just called it asset okay. management. Okay. All right. Then I see a transformation project within GDPR, uh, where you were project manager. And then we go into safe, release train engineer, agile coach, enterprise lean agile coach and transformation consultant and senior lean agile consultant. That's your latest role, correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Blast, blast from the past. Yeah, you're that's, right. That's what I thought <laughs> as well. What kind of memories came up when I mentioned that? I think that that role where I used many of my um, Scrum tools was with the GDPR project. That that was really fun to have a a, a team of both business owners and business people from all around uh, that company, and uh, and really getting. Um, Getting daily stand-ups and Kanban working. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't sprints. Uh, it wasn't development, but but it just shows how the agile uh, way of working uh, can 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 be used for so many other things and so many other uh, types of teams. Very interesting and very true. Um, actually, that's one of the main reasons why I um, asked you to come on the podcast. I looked at one of your posts. I don't know why I saw that because we weren't connected before, but um, I saw one of your posts where you said um, the Kanban in flow is much better than Scrum. Mm. And I thought, here's right. a friend. <laughs> <laughs> have you always worked in uh, Kanban ways or have you kind of looked at both sides? Well, as you say, I've, I've never worked as a Scrum master and, and that is probably because I've, I've been, I've always been more inspired by lean and by processes and by flow and uh, visualizations uh, through uh, Kanban. So, uh, so, so yes, it, that that has been more inspiring for me. Uh, by chance, I I just never held that position as Scrum Master, uh, and and now it's definitely too late. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, you've positioned yourself publicly on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not go back. 
funny. Um, was that ever a problem? I mean, you, you've held so many different roles. I'm pretty sure you had a lot of interviews. How relevant is it for companies to have that experience as Scrum Master? Do they even ask about it? They don't, at least not where I have applied. And I think that, as you said previously, people can probably uh, relate to having a, be a software developer previously or some other uh, a technical uh, a person. Um, I've been technical and then been, been a project manager. And I, th I think that path is more important when when you are to coach new, new teams on how can they transform from a, a project world into an agile world uh, into either scrum or kanban um, so having 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 a a very different um, or many many different experiences uh, i think is more important um, in at least in my life okay of so what i'm hearing is Companies are actually not looking for that clear-cut Scrum Master with 10 years of only being a Scrum Master, but having a diverse background um, of maybe traditional waterfall uh, methods like project management, um, but also other met methods like um, Agile Coaching, Kanban are beneficial. Yes, exactly. All right, interesting. Um, I, by the way, also have a PMP background um, before I started working as a Scrum Master. I actually don't recall when I took the the training, the exam, I think that was 2016 or so. And then I barely ever used it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of career and success, um, I saw that you have 1,800 followers on LinkedIn. How did you get to such a number? Oh, <laughs> Tell me. Um, I worked in, uh, in PA consulting for a couple of years. PA consulting as a company? And okay. Yes. And um, it, it has around 7,000 uh, employees, all consultants, all eager to uh, to follow each other, share, drink coffee, um, and, and learn from each uh -huh. other and, and promote each other. So <laughs> in that line of work, it becomes very easy to, uh, to, uh, to, to just follow a lot of people and, 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 and get followed. Okay, kind of like how people get started on Instagram. <laughs> I follow you if you follow me. <laughs> Yeah, and probably not because we we just followed on LinkedIn, but because that's part of the company DNA, I think. Okay, so it basically it was basically um, not common sense, but uh, the usual thing to do when you get started, you just get connected yeah. to pretty much everyone. All right, do these connections really help you, or are they just you know for show? That's again an, an area where my my background is a bit diverse and I'm sure that they will come in handy uh, at some point but it, it's definitely not a base of uh, of of agile people or scrum masters or coaches uh, etc it's within all kinds of uh, work areas which makes it interesting to make uh, posts on LinkedIn because and, and I think that's what I'm trying to do on LinkedIn is to write posts that uh, is not necessarily for agile people, but is for the broad majority of leaders and consultants that I would like to uh, hear my words, probably, hopefully get inspired. Okay, interesting. Um, that's a very interesting take. I also think very often Scrum Masters don't really consider themselves to be a traditional leader or a real leader. Very often um, I hear, yeah, I'm a servant leader or I'm helping the team. Well, I get the impression that 
um, a classical leader wouldn't call him or herself like that. And I'm trying to show that that scrum masters or team coaches or Kanban practitioners really are in a in a classical leadership position. Um, how do you see that? Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, it, it, it's a conversation that we have a lot uh, where I'm at, at now um, and, and all previous places. Um, who who is the team lead no. um and and scrum masters don't really like to be the team lead that, uh, as i that's see it weird right there's very often this uh, holding yeah, back and exactly. no 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 i'm not telling you anything it's like being a leader is negative yeah. and i'm thinking no leading is, everyone should do their part of leading in the team yeah but um yeah. And if, if people would, would just start by leading themselves, uh, I, I think I think we, we would be better off uh, because a lot of people are looking for yeah. a leader uh, and, and that leader is, is, um, is, is nowhere to be found at the moment. Um, uh, product owners, uh, as I see it, are often hired from a previous department leadership role uh, as those that are closest to the product and to the customers. Uh, which makes sense. Um, for some, it's struggling that they are not allowed to lead the team. For others, it's easy to not lead the team, but then there's a lack of leadership. Yeah, because the Scrum Master uh, doesn't step in, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so so I've, I've also posted um, way back that product owners uh, should take lead uh, in parenthesis on the product. Um, the product owner is definitely a, a leader person and should take very clear leadership, but the scrum master should also, um, and the scrum master is, is more uh, the, the people lead, although we never ever write that they are people lead or team no. lead. Um, and, and I think it's, it's only when, when you become a, a mature scrum master or have been scrum master for a long time that you, that you kind of find that way of, of leading by not leading, which is probably also what defines great leaders uh, in, in, in any other. No, you mentioned before that people should start by leading themselves first. How did you start leading yourself? I'm inclined to say that I was. <laughs> That's always the tricky part. Yeah. I know how to do it, but I can't explain you how to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think the important thing is that I became better at it when I learned about the Enneagram and being an authentic leader. When, when I started understanding myself, so, so books around uh, self uh, self managing and, and and becoming a better version of yourself and stuff like that is is often. I think difficult to get some real action from, um, uh, but there is a truth in getting to know and understand yourself is probably the first step in uh, in becoming a better version of yourself, and thus, if if that's what you want, uh, to be able to lead yourself. Um, so I, th I think I think that. Um, that that starting starting with diving into uh, who am mm -hmm. I, uh, probably with help from a coach, uh, not an agile no. coach, but a, a life coach or or a course uh, like, for example, for me it was Enneagram, um, is is a great kickstarter. Is that Enneagram dot That it must definitely have been uh, taken, but it's actually I think I think they say it's a free. Three thousand year old Chinese uh, th uh, uh, thinking of personality types. Uh, 
Um, and the great thing, the, the thing that I love about the Enneagram is that I, I do not see myself and others through what they are good at, no. but what they are bad at. And uh, because we're, we're probably all more bad at something or it becomes more apparent when we are not good at something. No. And you can really see the types when you understand what people are bad at or how, how they act when they get uh, depressed or stressed or mad no. or stuff like that. And, and, and that's probably also where you need to start improving yourself and learn about it. Yeah, very good point. Um, do you know TMSDI? Um, that's a um, UK-based company that also looks at, um, it's not a personality profile, but it's actually a profile of work preferences. So they basically say there are eight different or basically 16 different types of um, preferring certain work over other work. So um, as a simple example, some people like to be very creative and always have the latest ideas and come up with innovative solutions. And then on the other hand, you have people who like established processes, working according to rules and structures. Um, and these are obviously opposites. Um, but if you want to have a, a well-rounded and well-functioning team, um, very often you need people who prefer a lot of um, basically everything. Um, and my experience was people sometimes see only the bad in people because that's obvious but um, they don't see what other people are good at and then use them actively for that. Um, and I used that model in, in one team so far and it worked wonders. Yep, I can imagine. And uh, I follow you. It, I think it's also what a lot of other team models say. Um, and the, the thing when we, when we sometimes talk about diversity or a lot of companies these days talk about diversity yeah. and they think that diversity is about uh, race or gender or religion yeah. and yeah, stuff that's like that and quite superficial and, right? and really <laughs> exactly it, it should be about the personality types right and about how people think right um if you have i don't know people of all different colors um and with that i obviously include everyone um and they still have the same thoughts and no one disagrees then you will have just a, a group of people walking in the same direction maybe uh steering off a cliff pretty soon so yeah you said you, you said uh, uh, when you mentioned those two types um i thought of the enneagram type seven and one and and you said those are obviously opposites but in the Enneagram, those exact types are very closely connected, seven and one. And is when I when I become bad, I do bad things from I'm a type one uh, in the Enneagram. Uh, when I get stressed or have low energy, I do bad things from number seven. Um, likewise, the number seven, if stressed, uh, would do bad things from uh, okay. number one, and and vice versa. Up in energy, and and when when everything is flowing and it's good, um, we do the good things of that other type. So, it, it, can you give us a concrete example? Because um, I, I'm sure not every listener knows that model, um, including me. <laughs> like, what is type one? What is type seven? And how how did you experience that in real life? Type seven is the adventurer, and um, type one is the advocate. Uh, so when when I when I get um, uh, stressed, um, I might not follow my own uh, values, and 
and be inclined to uh, just say, uh, uh, oh, that, that doesn't matter. We will we'll probably get by or if, if we don't, that it doesn't matter either. And, and I'll get adventurous. I'll get um, uh, less affair. Um, which can be a bad thing if you if if it's because of stress, but it can also be a good thing if we are if we are up energy and have a good flow, uh, good energy. Don't always have to be so structured and can actually sometimes play and and think out of the box. Uh, so it can be both a good and a bad thing, but um, it often happens when we are thrown out of our normal mm -hmm. comfort zone, either in a good way or in a bad way. We, uh, we tend to use something from another personality type that is closely linked to us. Seven is closely linked to one, so that's one of the ways okay. to go. Very interesting. Um, and that was exactly the same insight that I had. Um, once you know who is strong in which area, you can team up in completely different ways, where usually people look just at the uh, technical skills or the area that people work in. And they say, yeah, it doesn't make sense that we two work together. But sometimes it's about the way how you approach work. Um, because sometimes some people like to be very free and creative. Other people like to plan and be structured. Usually both working together creates a way better outcome. Yeah. Interesting. And um, the URL, could you find that out for me and share it afterwards so I can put it in the show notes? It's not really a, a website or, or a company creating this. Uh, as I said, it's, it's a Chinese philosophy. Uh, so there are so many books and so many writing about it. But it is uh, spelled a bit funny with the E E N E A G R A M, so double E at okay. the beginning of the Enneagram. Okay, I'll I'll Google it. I'll try and um, make sense yeah. out of it, and then provide something in the show notes. I can definitely chat it to you after I send it on mail. Uh, but but it's not like a website or okay. anything. It's um, uh, th that's a lot of writing about that and, and talk about that. And All right. If we look back again to your roles, would you say you had a normal career development or were there ups and downs? Um, how do you see your development? Oh, definitely many ups and downs. Um, I, I started, started out thinking that I should be an electronics engineer. But but I also uh, I also was interested in chemistry. Um, for a very long time, uh, I, I thought that I picked the wrong thing with uh, electronics because it, it just wasn't my mm -hmm. thing. And so I ventured more into IT. But for many years, I I, I thought that I should have chosen chemistry. Um, so many uh, many tries with 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 different companies and um, and, and ways of working I, I found agile and i think that's when i found my place um uh, as an agile coach and consultant and um can you tell me what do you consider a good career i don't i don't think it's it's about uh, the path if it goes up and down or just goes up 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 uh, it does for some. It probably doesn't for most people. Um, it, I think it's all about whether you uh, end up finding a place where you think you belong, and and I think I've found it. Uh, and and when you come to that point, uh, that can take twenty or twenty-five or thirty years. But when you come to that point, at least I don't have the need to to have a new a new vision of where do I want to be in in ten years. And <laughs> I'm comfortable here, and and whatever will come, I'm sure is okay. And so what? If, so if people can come to that point, I think that's what career is about. All right, very nice. Sounds very very nice. 
when you tell them that I found my place, I think they actually like that, that um, I'm not out of the door in three mm-hmm. years. And, and, and probably at, at some point, they, they're not hiring someone to stay for a few years. And whether they go or not, is not that important. They actually want people to stay for the long run. And I think I'm, I'm in that place right now that they, they want, they would rather want me to stay for a long time. Uh, so, so they, they like to hear that, that I don't have a vision of being somewhere else in five years. All right. If I think back now to the younger version of yourself, um, who wasn't sure where to work, whether electronics or chemistry, um, and then you ended up in a completely different field, I could imagine back then you felt not so happy about your career. Absolutely. How can people who find themselves in such a situation go quicker to the place where you are now to know, okay, this is where I belong? I'm, initially, I'm thinking that that don't be afraid of the change. Try something new, possible. Um, don't don't be afraid of quitting your job. Um, I have a friend that um, not not too long ago said to me uh, that one of the best things that I told him was uh, congratulations when he got fired okay, yeah. from a job, and 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 that has stuck with him um, because. Um, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember what I told him, but I think it was something in line with it's good to to get that experience to be thrown out. And you probably wasn't happy there either. You just didn't uh, notice or didn't uh, take the action to leave. Uh, so someone took it for you and, and it's the best thing that happened for you at that time. So... Uh, embrace it and be happy about it and uh, now luckily you have a chance to to do something new no, very true um, i also quit uh, sometimes without having any follow-on job um, but it took me a lot of guts right um, mm. i i spoke to a lot of people including my wife and family and because if you do it for the first time um, at least here in switzerland you need to go to that um, unemployment office and kind of register yourself which is kind of shameful if you do it for the first time because you tell yourself well i will find a job before i will take money from the public but right you have to do it Um, otherwise if you don't find anything you're out of money yes do you do you have a tip for people who are considering that option to kind of just take that step I guess that it, again we we need to talk about diversity. It's not easy for everyone to just quit a job if they're not happy. Sometimes it's it's difficult to find new jobs. Uh, at the moment in Denmark, we have a scarce resources, so we we need more people. Um, so it, it's easy to quit a job and find a new one. But there has been time in Denmark and all over the world, and there are in other places currently where that's not easy. So my tip is not uh, to quit if you if you if you don't like it. Um, but maybe search within yourself whether whether you are happy. And if not, don't be afraid of uh, seeking out other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that making those changes in your life is, at least for me, it has been what has um, found the right place eventually. And and so if others are, f- are thinking that they, are, they haven't found the right place, Okay, so if I understand you correctly, you're advocating for a potentially um, soft quit of the job. Um, first scanning. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, scanning. Is is this the right place? What keeps me here, right? Is it the fear of not having anything else? Or do I really yeah. love the job exactly. and the people? And then screening the market for jobs before you quit, which obviously makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, in my 
But I was I was afraid, just like you said, afraid of quitting. It it takes it takes guts, and 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 I've also quit without having something, and sometimes that is needed uh, also to create the the change in in yourself. Yeah, yeah very true. Um, I think I'll, I'll call this episode "Congratulations on Getting Fired." <laughs> yeah. Nice, good headline. Yeah. <laughs> One of my questions here that I like to ask pretty much everyone is what was the best company or team that you worked for and why? So it, it, it feels stupid to say where I am now, but I actually think it's true. I worked for this company, Ørsted, in 2021 as an external consultant. It was um, truly amazing to be working here. Why? Um, so Why sorry? is it amazing to work there? Their culture of they, they are not the best yet at empowering people or give freedom um, or spread leadership or be, being agile but they are they're really trying i think it's in the company culture to uh, always seek better um, and currently better is uh, psychological psychological safety uh, empowerment, um, transparency. Um, it might be something else in 10 years, but I'm sure that this company will grow into mm -hmm. that, whatever comes. And and you can just feel that in their culture, which is why uh, everyone I've worked with here uh, are really happy about their job and their company. And, and also with the change that at that point I was coming with the change, not always easy, but they were embracing it and, and being curious. And, um, and I think that that speaks a lot about, about the culture of the company. All right. Did you uh, screen for that during the interview or did you find out afterwards that they actually have this attitude? No, I was just sent here okay. by, <laughs> by the consultants. New mandate, off you go. <laughs> Yes, all right exactly. lucky you um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how would you ask for such a mindset in an interview right i mean we're talking here about scrum master careers and people obviously want to work for great companies how can they figure that out beforehand yeah i, I don't think you can um on, honestly wrong answer um, <laughs> we need simple answers yeah i know <laughs> I, I don't i don't think you can because um companies and, and HR departments and communication departments uh, are are so good at saying the right <laughs> things that the only way you could find out is to reach out on LinkedIn to someone working there mm. and start asking questions and say, you know, I'm, I, I've saw that you have a job in your company. Um, can I pick your brain? And, and, um, but again, you, you might find someone that are overly happy with the company or on the other hand, and, and people tend to, employees tend to, uh, publicly always say, say something yeah. good about <laughs> their company, uh, unless you find the people that are not afraid of saying all the bad things, but then you all only get all the bad. So I don't really think you can screen that, which is probably also why you you need to be aware that if if you haven't found the right place, change. No, good point. So I guess a phone call with a current or former employee would be helpful because people might then not be afraid of uh, writing things down. Yeah, uh, definitely. That that's that's a good no. point. Yeah. Former employees might be okay. better. I haven't tried that, but but I, I mean, of, of course, you should you, you shouldn't stop screening uh, yeah. employers, but uh, I, I don't think you truly can find out before whether you fit into that culture or what culture. All right, have. yeah, no, that's true. I, I had similar experiences. Great interviews, <laughs> and then when I arrived there, the guy who interviewed uh, he, who interviewed me just 
one or two months ago uh, wasn't there anymore. Um, and then he reached out on LinkedIn to apologize. And he told me, yeah, I couldn't tell you in the interview because I had quit already back then. Um, but I didn't <laughs> want to be the guy to blame if you don't join. Um, so, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, one, once, yeah. Uh, once upon a time, <laughs> some person who published um, a few, not only articles, but also books, told me and the whole class, the more you write, the more you earn. Now, you wrote a book. Is that true? Yes. All right. Tell me how. What, what do I need to write or publish? But but I can I can just give you a, a, a few tips on how to write your own book. Um, you have to you have to first envision what is this book mm -hmm. about um, and find find the title. The title can can be changed later, but but just uh, uh, find find that working title, um, and then find out what is the structure of this book it's almost like a, a fish diagram you have to find the backbone first okay and and then and then the chapters um uh, so not how, just how will the not sorry for cutting yes. in but like not starting with the book and just write but really look at the structure high level and then continue Yes, because when when you found the structure and kind of know where you want to go with it, where you want to start and where you want to end, and and what's the flow and what's the content, then rather than start writing it, because that's a difficult process, yeah. and if, if you know, unless you're a journalist or something, you you can't just write a book. So what you do instead is that once you found the structure. <laughs> once you found that structure, you record it rather well, you than speak it. Type okay. It yeah exactly and then you get someone to um what's it called uh, transcribe, tra transcribe yeah. it and then you find someone to edit it you go on uh, what's it called upward yeah, or okay. something and 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 you find someone to edit it uh, and and you, because they'll just go through all the words and write it better and because they are good and fast at that and it doesn't cost that much and then you are then you have a book it's so easy how long did it take you um, the whole process it it took it took me years <laughs> because a lot of waiting time, I guess. It's 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 my second book, by the way, because I, I never published the first one no because way. it was just bad. <laughs> not so good enough. Know, imposter um, syndrome. Exactly, and and I I wasn't uh, I wasn't you know what is the story really? And and once it had had been edited, it was cut down to half because the editor said you know or didn't say but just you know uh, completely rewrote uh, it and and it became half a book and I was like. Ah, was that really the book that I wanted? <laughs> and it, it, it's probably because the first the, the book that I spoke was not good at all, and 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 you know it, it, then it, it it took some time before I got a new idea. And when I when I got the right idea, the book was very easy to to write or speak, uh, and and have edited. So um, so my my point is also you know maybe maybe just get that first book written. Uh, whether you publish it or not might not be that important because if it feels right, it will feel right. If it doesn't, something else will come up, and then then you 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 are in a much better place yeah. to uh, to finding that structure. Okay, and then you, you're and then already maybe maybe the second book will become your yeah, first and then you're already experienced, and the second time it, it goes quicker. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Very cool. I will have my book at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, of course. Let's you will. see. Yeah, hold me accountable, please. <laughs> um, 
I guess it is true that the more you publish, the more you earn. Uh, I, I didn't do it for the money. I, I, I actually, well, um, this was a teaching of a Canadian, um, I guess we can call him coach of some sort, uh, Raymond Aron. Um, he had written a lot of books. I think the one that resonated most with me was, now I can't remember what the title of the book, but one of his mentions was one week vacation per month. Uh, that was his goal, mm. to have a one week, week uh, vacation per month. And yeah, so it, basically Raymond Aaron, he, he, um, he said, you know, a, a book, it doesn't have to be a big book. It doesn't have to be a book that is a, a bestseller um, or sells a lot of copies and earns you a lot of money. So it's just uh, the fact that you actually have written and published a book? It's a business card. It's All great. Right. It's the business card that never gets thrown away. So it's simply a distinction always... between you and the many who haven't uh, written a book? Yes. Interesting. It gets put, put on the bookshelf and my name will always smile at people <laughs> from the bookshelf. All right. And obviously you have to say, have, have to have something to say, of course, right? something yeah. to tell, but it's, uh, but it doesn't have to be a bestseller. Don't aim for the bestseller, just aim for providing value for putting something out there that, that, that maybe that, that, that you found out because the people that you're writing for is probably doesn't know what you know. They no. don't have that experience. And and some might have better experience uh, or better way of saying it. That shouldn't impede you from, from no. saying it. Uh, if, if, you, if you think you have something to, to share, uh, do so. It's a, it's a great business card. Yeah. And it doesn't have to earn you money. Maybe that can come in the fifth book. No. I don't know. I, I definitely have one or two books in my head. Uh, they will come out at some point. Um, let's see. Um, uh, and, and that's probably also a point, get started. Yeah. So if, if I put that into an, an analogy, um, my son is currently two years old and I was thinking if you can be a kindergartner, start as a kindergartner and don't beat yourself up that you're not a university lecturer or professor yet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very interesting because exactly. I also want to write a book. Um, I actually, I wrote in a small ebook so far yeah. and I want to, I want to publish more. Now, some people use that for advertisement and marketing themselves. Do you use that actively to, you know, get new jobs or make yourself heard on LinkedIn or seen? Definitely. So how, how do you do that for, for an interview, for example? It is my business card. So rather than giving them some paper card that gets thrown away, we spend a lot of time and money on, on trying to make that uh, say something about the person, um, me. Uh, no, I'll just give them my So you, you send it, a physical it, copy of your book to the office? Mm, I'm more more give it away when when I meet people. Ah, okay, so you have uh, it with you, and then you say, "Oh, by the way, this might help yes. you." Yeah, I just say, uh, "And oh, by the way, I also uh, wrote a book. Um, if you want a copy here." Okay, and and people and people are always you know amazed about you know receiving a copy of a book. Um, it, 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 I get a free book from yeah. you. That's really nice of you. I, I probably wouldn't do it at an interview because it's kind of like I'm trying to buy you, okay. so I wouldn't do that. But in 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 any other uh, places where you where you talk to people or, or facilitate someone or coach someone or are in some kind of room, and, and obviously you don't want you don't want to do that if it would seem like you are trying to 
to be better mm -hmm. than them. Yeah. Um, but 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 just as 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 a business card and as a casual conversation and say, but you can have it here. Yeah. How how many copies do you still have at home? Zero. I given them all away. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to print some more. All right. Um, Tell me quickly, um, what is your book about? Um, I know the title is Papao Management Models, which stands for Projects, Agile Projects, Agile and Operations. Right. Um, it's about um, it, it's about uh, what it, it's, it's like four quadrants, um, and it's about where where does projects fit in what does projects solve what does agile solve those two are opposite in okay so is it the old question uh, um can we make everything agile or where do we use waterfall versus agile is that yeah um exactly and 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 the idea that that at, at the moment companies are going all agile and everything yeah. has to be agile we cannot do any projects and, and stuff like that and 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 the idea here is that there are some things where where the project and waterfall methodology is better no you cannot build a bridge agile you can't you can't build a bridge with a minimum viable product with one lane in one direction no. and you know see if the customers like it and get some feedback uh it, it doesn't work no. like that uh so the some things need projects and and other things are better off with agile uh we're also trying to um to 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 force operations uh, into agile teams mm -hmm. which is great if you can have the 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 agile team team that owns the product also operated but that's not the same as having um, operational people go into agile teams and try to sprint no. plan operations you can't sprint plan when um uh, when 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 incidents exactly people deal with incidents so, so here why why didn't we <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah why didn't yeah, did, exactly. why didn't we deliver the stuff on time as planned well <laughs> and and then and then and then then the user stories in those teams become nonsensical. Uh, as as, I, as as I jokingly say, uh, come to work, uh, work, and, yeah. go home, <laughs> and then you've and then you delivered one story point. That doesn't yeah. make sense. And very often they they have a scrum master assigned to them, who's kind of lost and is trying to make the team more agile, and people just get more frustrated. Yes, exactly. interesting. Which is why. Uh, why we need to have more flow because operations is within the Kanban and process and lean. Yes. You, you know what? I think everything in the agile world is based on Kanban. I think they looked at it back in the nineties. They were like, yeah, Kanban, hmm, that works in manufacturing. Hmm, we need something new for it. And if I look at the values, for example, from, uh, from safe, um, they're so similar to the stuff that you see in Kanban. It seems like they they just changed it a little bit and made it kind of new for IT. What's, what's your take on that? Yeah, uh, there are great similarities and 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 things that work really well together in in both Lean and I would say Scrum if we if we're going to be specific and they can definitely work together i think that's one of the things that people are not seeing that that lean and scrum can work uh, even better together and, and then for some teams they they don't have any need for lean processes uh it, it's they they are just better off with scrum and but what i'm seeing is that a lot of the teams that has been made into scrum teams should have been kanban or lean teams uh or 
even better the, the work within the team that should follow a process like the operations tasks uh, should be a, a lean process uh, that works well in a Kanban and their development efforts should be in no. and they should learn both uh, and it can definitely work uh, very well. Yeah, that, that just made me think of Safe 6.0, which came out just uh, recently. And yes. finally, they are focusing on flow. Um, <laughs> finally, exactly. Finally, <laughs> I think uh, I'm not sure if that's correct, but uh, they introduced the name Team Coach, and I think um, the Scrum Master is is being replaced by the title Team Coach. Yeah, I, th I think I think the the meaning is that you can you can either be a Scrum Master or Team Coach. They're they're not exchanging it. They're okay. just saying that you you can some some teams are not Scrum teams, so they might be better off with having having that role be called a Team All Coach. Right. Now, um, if you look at all your experience, uh, what would you recommend to people um, if they haven't started working so far in that area? Take a Scrum Master certification or go down the Kanban rabbit hole? Yeah, rabbit hole. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, David I, I, think, I think Kanban... Make him rich. <laughs> Kanban is... Yeah. Kanban is is, uh, is more difficult uh, to understand and it's more process heavy. And it, it takes more time. Uh, you probably need some more skills and more experience to run good Kanban or good lean uh, and, and waste removal and so forth. It's, more discipline. It's more difficult. Yes. And Scrum, it, it, it's, it's, it's a quite easy process. Everyone can understand it quite quickly. It's not easy to do, but it's quickly to understand. So you can learn mm -hmm. it quickly, which is why I think that we always start with Scrum. And then we find out afterwards <laughs> that oh, Scrum is probably not the best for this team. No. And and what I've what I have seen sometimes happening is that people buy into the Scrum methodology and say uh, sounds really great and we want to try it and they're they're working really hard uh, getting it worked in and it doesn't work for them. Uh, but either they shout out and say this is not working for us, coach. We need some help. What's what are we not getting no. here? And then, then the coach find, finds out that, oh, it's because you are a Kanban team no. um, and, and can help them change because they actually, they, they found that that it, it doesn't work. They are on the burning platform and they want to change. But the other teams that where it doesn't work for, they, they think that good enough at it. So they try harder without reaching out no. for help. And I've, I've experienced standing on the side and say, I think you're a Kanban team. I think you need to learn Kanban because you're not, th this process is not the right process for you. No, 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 we don't want to yeah. learn Kanban. <laughs> uh, we, we want to do Scrum and we, we haven't quite figured it out. So we, we want to keep working with it. And by the way, we don't have time to learn th something <laughs> new. I need um, to chop trees, right? So, <laughs> so I, I, think, I think we always start with Scrum and hopefully those teams where Scrum doesn't work will reach out and say, please tell us about something else because this is not working. No. And, and coaches probably have another take on it. That All right. Um, speaking of Kanban, Scrum and certifications in general, you've worked for at least 11 companies. Can you say which certifications benefited you the most in terms of getting jobs, but also then working in the job? Uh, it will have to be the the scaled agile courses. The SPC, the program consultant, or which one? Yeah, that specifically that was probably um, a game changer for me. And I think I think it is a, not only a good course, uh, but what it 
the the opportunities it gives afterwards, both in terms of what jobs you can land, as a, for example, an RTE or a coach, uh, just because you have that certification, yeah. it, it helps you. Uh, experience is the other part, of course. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you have neither, take the course, then then one leg, right? Mm. Um, and uh, and then the other thing that that it provides is that that it gives you the opportunity to start teaching the classes. Yeah, and you get all and the teaching you, materials. You get the teaching materials, and and the f hopefully you get the chance to teach a course with someone more experienced. You can learn to teach a teach a class, and once once you've learned that, you find that questions that comes from classes is where you develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Be because you 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 suddenly need to understand all the differences from the people in the class and, and you need to find answers to it. Maybe you don't have the answer right here now, but you can find the answer until tomorrow or you can reach out later and discuss further or or you've just heard something that you couldn't answer. So you are uh, intrigued to go f uh, find the answers and that's where you So develop. it's basically a, a safer way to be challenged and then to really have the necessity to understand it and then learn and grow. Yeah. All right. So um, for those who don't know, SPC stands for Safe Program Consultant. And I think um, it's the second highest ranking education that SAFE provides. Um, on top of that is only the Safe Program Consultant Trainer. So the person who trains the SPCs. And I think it's a four-day course, correct? The SPC is a four-day course, yes. Uh, and you can't, uh, it, it, I think it's the highest course because you can't take the SPC. Also, oh, it's even the highest. You have to be... You, you have to be selected and, and I've tried out for that. I came through all the all the candidates uh, or sorry, the um, nominee uh, stuff yeah. and went for the interviews to uh, to be selected as an SPCT candidate, but I didn't get through and that was pre in my previous job. So uh, it's not an option here. Okay, interesting. So you came all the way from electronics, uh, then nearly chemicals and then or chemistry <laughs> and then yeah. A lot of project management, agile coaching, release train engineering, and nearly became a trainer for SPCs. That yes. is quite an impressive development, I would say. Thank you. I don't see it as impressive, but uh, oh. it's just it's, it's just a journey. <laughs> True that. <laughs> and I've landed in the right place, but... Uh, and you're happy, uh, which is even more impressive and, and yeah, pretty cool. If you could do it again, what would you do differently? I would of course jump to the end. That's <laughs> not possible. I mean, I mean, you can't do that. All the all the experience is, is part of, of what I know now and what I can speak into. Yeah. So so you, you you can't get ahead of that process. Yeah. So uh, basically, being comfortable also in tricky or, or challenging situations only comes from being exposed to such situations and then knowing yes, I can handle those issues. Exactly. All right. Would you like to give a last piece of advice or some tip for people who just get started or maybe uh, working as a scrum master for five years already? Um, so Casper, um, if there is one final piece of advice that you could give to someone who either is about to get started as a scrum master or who's already working as a scrum master for a few years and would like to go to the next level, what would you tell these people? Hmm. I think that um, Scrum Masters are awesome. And and, and I think it's it's such a, such a vast field of possibilities and experiences that I, I would hope that a lot of Scrum Masters will not try to get to the next level, but will try to improve because there's so many things that you can learn as a Scrum Master. Uh, but what you could do as a Scrum Master, while keeping 
keep being a scrum master because it's a great position is to start uh, teaching classes, for example, coaching uh, other teams, other maybe other scrum masters. Maybe there are some junior scrum masters that you can start coaching. So becoming a mentor uh, coach, of some sort? Becoming a mentor, for example, uh, work more with uh, f uh, facilitation of meetings. Fortunately, a lot of people would, would like uh, their meetings to become better and would like help. And Scrum Masters is really the place that they should go to to get their meetings facilitated. So stepping out of um, their normally... own team and helping other teams run um, completely different types of meetings, not just the re retro and review and all that stuff? Exactly. I've a few times I've experienced coming into a meeting that is not facilitated and where you can just feel in the beginning that this meeting would benefit from being facilitated and you just jump up and, and say, why don't we, uh, why don't we put ideas on, on sticky notes and just put them on the wall? And, and, and people are like, oh, that's a great idea. And you've started facilitating the meeting. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I think that's the power of having scrum masters in your organization. They should be able to always see some possibilities and, and, and call it out and just start doing it. And, and they will be recognized as someone that people can call to a meeting and say, can you help us here? We, I think we would like to have your facilitation. All right. Thank you very much. So my takeaways, don't be afraid to get fired or quit and soft quit, preferably. Do what you love and figure out what it is and then really pursue that so that you're not chasing the money, but actually chasing fulfillment and have a great time doing that. And becoming a contractor is quite interesting as well. That's what I'm taking from this call. And of course, write a book. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Casper, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting yes, me. Yes, you're welcome. I'm curious to see how you develop and where you are in five years, maybe at the same spot, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We can have another podcast yes, then. Yes, please, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you got value out of this episode, please share it with other Scrum Masters. If you have feedback for me, or if you want to recommend a guest for my show, please let me know via www.scrummastercareers.com. My name is Simon, and this was the Scrum Master Careers Podcast. See you in the next episode.